the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up for Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up for Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up for Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. Before I get into the teaching on the program today, I want to take just a second because I, I, sometimes I like to do this, and I haven't done it in a little while. Um, I, this program called Stand Up for Jesus. Uh, the Lord has blessed us, and this is we've been on the air over 14 years, which in and of itself, that to me is a miracle that they would allow me to be on 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 the radio and and teach and um, speak about the Word of God and things that are going on in the world. The fact that they allow me to be still be on the air to me is a miracle, and I'm grateful to the Word. I'm grateful to Salem Communications. But I want to take just a minute and just talk a little bit about what this program is really about. This program was started in 2009, and the program's called Stand Up for Jesus. And really, the the um, the, the 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 foundation of it was this. I. I watched the direction that our country was headed, and I was a father and a grandfather at the time, and I was very concerned about the direction of the nation. I was direct. I was concerned about the moral depravity, and the moral slide that this country was on. I was concerned about the spiritual condition of the country, and the and, and the direction that we were headed from a spiritual viewpoint. I don't call it religious because. I don't. I don't want to have a religious spirit. I want to have a. I want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I was concerned about the spiritual and the moral condition of this country, and so um, I, I saw the early signs of people being offended by God's word, by people being offended uh, by uh, talking about Jesus Christ being the only way to get to heaven, um, and it, it was kind of shocking to me at first. But I saw that this was a, a problem that needed to be addressed, and it was continuing to grow. And here I am 14 years later, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. I'm, I'm 66 years old, folks. I grew up in Richardson, Texas. I don't recognize the country that I grew, the, the nation that I grew up in uh, back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I don't recognize that country anymore. Um, I, on one hand, I'm like Jeremiah. It breaks my heart to witness what's happened to my nation. And this ministry was founded, and this radio program was started from that heartbeat. And we had a caption on our website that says, uh, talking about standing up for Jesus and speaking out. It's a, It was really a call to action for Christians to speak out and defend uh, the Word of God, defend the faith, defend Jesus Christ. And we had a catchphrase that said, if not us, then who? And then if not now, then when? 
And I will tell you that phrase is as relevant today as the day we started this radio program over 14 years ago. If we as followers of Christ don't speak and defend the faith, if we don't stand up for what God's Word has to say, who will? And if we don't do it now, I mean, the question that begs to be asked in my mind is, is it too late? But if we don't do it now, when will we do it? Are we past the tipping point? Is it too late for this country? I wrote a book several years ago that was out called Free Indeed about my life story. And then I've got another book that's coming out soon, my second book. And the title of it is You Can't Handle the Truth. Because I think a lot of people either can't handle the truth or they don't really want to know what the real truth is. But if you really want, in, in one sentence, I will tell you what the truth is. You want to take all the problems we have in this world and in this nation in particular and drill it down to one thing. It's that we've turned away from God. We've rebelled against his word. We've lost the fear of the Lord. And we've lost our reverence for God and his word and for his son, Jesus Christ. And that's really what this whole ministry and this whole program is about. I love to teach from the Word of God. I use this program almost exclusively as a teaching tool. Um, I never I never went to seminary, but I have spent 20 years exhaustively studying the Word of God. You know, the Bible talks about that the Holy Spirit will give different gifts to different people. And I know that one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me are the Scriptures. I love the Word of God. I spend a lot of time in the Word of God. I love to teach from the Word. The Lord has blessed me with the understanding of the Word and also with the gift of being able to take the Word of God and teach it in a relevant manner and to, to, so people can understand it, but also teach it in a, in a relevant manner that is pertainable to the time that we are living in right now. And so I'm honored that I the Lord's given me that gift. It's a wonderful gift, and it's a wonderful um, privilege to have a radio program like this. To sit, I sit in a studio, and I teach, and I have no idea who the listening audience is because that's above my pay grade. I don't know. Who, if, if you're listening today, you're, you're listening because the Lord has led you to listen, not because I'm doing anything. But I get, what a, think about this. What a wonderful privilege to sit in a studio teach from the Word of God, and not have any idea who's listening. It's none of my business who's listening. It's God's business. But I will tell you, my as much of a privilege as it is, it's also a responsibility. I do not take this privilege lightly. The fact that I'm still able to come and sit on the radio and teach to a large listening audience throughout the state of Texas and Oklahoma, to me, is amazing. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm humbled by the opportunity. I do not take it lightly. And it's because of that when I teach, I always want to rightly divide the Word of God. And I pray that the Lord directs my steps. I pray that the Holy Spirit teaches through me. But, folks, I love God's Word. And God's Word is as relevant today as the day it was written. It will always be relevant. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. This word is the word of God. What we have in our hands that we call the Bible is the living word of God. 
from the opening chapter of Genesis to the closing chapter of Revelation and everything in between. And so that's where I come from with this ministry. Now, on the program today, uh, I want to I do uh, a teaching that I started two weeks ago. Last week I was out. Uh, I was on uh, out of town. So sometimes we have to play a, a rerun of the program. But two weeks ago, I started a, a two-week teaching series on Psalms chapter 2. And I did not get through that teaching, so that's why I want to finish that teaching today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you grab them and open them to Psalms chapter 2. If you're driving, if you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. Because when I teach, I read the Scripture several times and teach from it. That's my method of teaching, and that's what I'm going to do today. So we are in Psalms chapter 2. To me, it's a fascinating chapter of Psalms. It is relevant. It speaks about the time that we're living in right now. It's relevant. Uh, It will be relevant today, and it will be relevant in the weeks and months and years to come. It's a very powerful um, chapter in Psalms. And I got about halfway through it uh, two weeks ago in part one. Today, I want to do part two. But to do that, I want to start and just review what I taught very quickly, review what I taught in part one. So if you have your Bible, I always teach from the New King James. And I will give you a side note here. I think we need to be careful about what translations of the Bible we read. There are some translations of the Bible, in my opinion, that the, that are not spirit-filled at all. And when I read them, I don't recognize them. So, uh, and there's there's actually some translations of the Bible that are coming out now where they've scrubbed every mention of hell or repentance or sin. Well, folks, no offense, but you can't read the Bible without the topics of sin, hell, and repentance. They're part of the Bible. And so we have to be careful about what translations we study and read and meditate on. I've been doing the New King James Version for years, and that's that's my daily Bible. I have the same Bible I've had now. Uh, the, I have the same Bible now I've had for 25 years. And I have many Bibles, but this is the Bible I spend time in every day. I love the Word, and I love to teach from it. So we're going to teach Psalms chapter 2, and I'm going to be teaching from the New King James Version. And here's what my Bible says in Psalms chapter 2. Chapter two. Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. So that is an amazing uh, just uh, opening uh, verses of Psalms chapter 2. And I want to just talk about it for just a couple of seconds before we get too much further into the program. Because there when it says, why do the nations rage? Listen, God's not asking that from a viewpoint about why he's really curious and confused. Why do the nations rage? No, you know, when I was growing up, my dad told me sometimes, he goes, listen, don't you know that most of the times when I ask you a question, I already know the answer? Well, God knows knows the answer to all the questions. That's not for God's benefit to, to ask that. It's really a thought-provoking question to us. Why do the nations rage? Now, when you see the word nations, and in my Bible, there's a, a little reference there, and underneath that verse, it says Gentiles. So in the Old Testament, everybody is either a Jew or a Gentile. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. Everybody that's not of the Jewish origin is a Gentile. So when you see 
Gentiles or something like that in the Bible, know that if you're not Jewish, that it's talking to everybody else. So here the Bible says in Psalms chapter 2, why do the nations rage? In other words, why do all the people outside the Jewish heritage rage? And that word rage means exactly what you think it means. It means uh, that they are, uh, they are sinister, they are plotting, they're angry, they're vicious, they're violent. It says, why do the nations rage? And then it says, and the people plot a vain thing. Well, now, what, what is that? Think about it, plotting a vain thing. If I'm going to plot a vain thing, it means it's kind of stupid to plot that particular thing. In other words, why would you plot something that's stupid to plot? And the reason this is what the the nations rage and why they're plotting a vain thing is because what are you going to do? You're going to come up against God and think that you've got a chance of defeating God? Doesn't that sound like a vain thing? And yet here it says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? So people are involved. And then he goes on, and I love this. The, uh, The Bible is so direct sometimes. And here it says, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. So think about the kings, presidents, prime ministers of the world, and then the ruler. Who are the rulers of the world? They're the ones that are in control. I'll give you an example. If you think in this country our president's in control, you've been wildly deceived. Our president's not in control of anything. He does what he's told. But there are a group of people that are the rulers of what happens in this country. There are people that are, and it's a fairly small group of people. They're the rulers of the, uh, at least they, they, they think they're the rulers of this world. And they, together with the political leaders, take counsel together. They plot against. And it says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. Stop and don't just brush over. They're taking counsel and making plans and and taking counsel together against the Lord. That's why it's a vain thing. How stupid is that? Oh, you you group of powerful people in this world and you group of uh, leaders of nations think that you can, that you're going to go against God. It says they, they against the Lord and against his anointed. Well, obviously his anointed means against Jesus Christ but I will tell you also against his anointed means against all believers in Christ and the church. Folks, let me make this real practical. Do you know that leaders of nations, including ours, and rulers, people that are in power, want to destroy Christians? Jesus said you'll be hated by all nations. There it is again, the word nations. Jesus said, you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And I used to think, I don't, I don't, when I was younger, I thought, that's a bold statement. Folks, we're living in that time right now. There are people that are in power. And you can, listen, many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You go and look at the World Economic Forum. You go look at um, uh, NATO. You go look at the World Health Organization. There are about five or six organizations, and they meet together yearly. And they, they, they believe they are the rulers of this world, of this earth, and that they make policy and they control this world. And they're doing a pretty good job of it at this point. They take counsel together. And the, one of the things they want to do is they want to destroy the family. They want to destroy God. 
They want to destroy everything having to do with Jesus and the Word of God, and they want to destroy everything having to do with our Christian faith. And right here, to me, that jumps off the page when it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And then it continues, it says, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords away from us. They want to destroy us. They want to destroy the word of God. They They want to call it hate speech. They want to destroy organized religion. They want to destroy uh, the Christian faith. They hate Jesus. They, they hate you and I because we're followers of Christ. And if you're not aware of that, folks, you have to be aware of that. Now, the good news is we don't have to be afraid. But these couple of first verses of Psalms chapter 2 expressly speak about the time we're living in right now. I'm going to take my break, come back on the other side. We're going to continue in Psalms chapter 2. My name's Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. This is part two of my teaching series in Psalms chapter two. I just read the first couple of verses and did a little bit of a review. Um, As you can tell, I'm passionate about teaching from the Word. I love the Word of God. Uh, I'm going to continue in Psalms chapter two in uh, verses one through three. I've talked about how the nations rage and plot a vain thing against God and against his anointed, wanting to destroy them. And in verse 4, it says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Folks, now take that, take that word, that sentence right there, and just think about the word picture. God is on his throne in heaven, and he's watching what's happening on earth. And he sees these little, um, uh, th- these human beings that think they're in control of this world. And they're they're rulers, they're they're influencers in finance, and they think they can set policy, and they're leaders of countries. And God God looks down at at what's going on here from heaven, and he laughs. In other other words, he says, "You, you foolish people, you really think, do you really think you can come against me? Says in verse four here, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. And then I love it. It goes on. It says, the Lord. So this is God. God got involved in this directly. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Now, that word derision is an interesting word. In the Hebrew, it, that, that word means to speak unintelligibly So in other, or, or to stammer. In other words, <clears throat> God will allow them to go down this road they want to go down because what they speak is nonsense in God's presence. And then it says, and he shall speak to them in his wrath. You know, people don't like hearing about the wrath of God. But let me tell you something. There's a day coming very soon where the the wrath of God will be on full display. It says, he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. God is not happy with these people that think that they're running this world now. But you know what? As followers of Christ, we do not have to have any fear of what's happening. The Bible says in the New Testament, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We have to be discerners of good and evil. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're a follower of Christ, you do not have to fear what's happening in our world today. I don't live on the world economy. I live on God's economy. I don't live in fear because my God is sitting on the throne in heaven. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, 
and I know how this thing's going to end, and I know who wins, so I don't have to fear. God says in verse 6, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. In other words, God says, folks, I'm on my throne, and my son's sitting right next to me at my right hand, and I've put him there, and I'm in control. Listen to what he says in verse 7. I will declare the decree. In other words, God says, I will have the last word here, not the rulers of this world who take counsel together. God says in verse 7, I will declare the decree. And then who could this be speaking right here? The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. That sounds like Jesus speaking now, doesn't it? Jesus said, I and my father are one. So sometimes when you see in the Bible, you see the Lord, and then all of a sudden, like like right here, it's the God, it's God and the Father being on the same page. Jesus says, the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Jesus says, guys, listen, God has given me everything. Nothing happens here that is not under the the, uh, observance and allowance of God. Now, you may stop and think, if that's true, why why does God allow the evil in the world today? And that's a whole other program that I should do soon. But let me tell you, folks, here's what's going on in the big picture of things, in case you struggle with this. We live in a fallen world. Sin entered the world, and we live in a fallen world. Jesus said, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. The Bible says that in New T- in First uh, 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 John, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We're playing in in the enemy's playground right now. We're we're the visitors on on somebody else's home turf right now. The Bible says this is not my world. My, the Bible says my citizenship is in heaven. If you're a follower of Christ, we're just passing through this. And so here in the Bible, in Psalms chapter 2, when it says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. It's all under God's control. And what's happening now, God's not going to force everybody to be a believer in Jesus. He gives us free will. But let me tell you something, folks. God's not on his throne right now wringing his hands thinking, Oh, my gosh, I didn't see all this coming. I didn't know this was going to happen. Listen, folks, if, this, if we could look at this as a chessboard, God is moving all the pieces into place for the final seven years. And everything, I repeat, everything that's happening right now is playing out according to God's plan. Now, does that mean that, <clears throat> all, that he condones all the evil in the world? No. But you know what? The Bible also says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us. Folks, I've, I've had to have this conversation with people who have lost a child, people who have had a traumatic situ- uh, circumstance happen in their life. Some things we just will not understand on this side of heaven. But when we get home to heaven, if you're a follower of Christ, everything will make perfect sense. And I believe at the Bema seat of Christ, Jesus will balance out the scales people that have had a very difficult life here will the, somehow in his sovereignty and his goodness 
Jesus will balance out the scales and anybody in heaven will look back and say, it was all worth it. I don't care about any of that anymore. Jesus made it right. But that doesn't make it easier sometimes while we're here. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We're not going to understand everything this side of heaven, folks. Because the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But God loves us. He has a plan. And everything, everything that's taking place right now in this world, God's aware of. And he cares about us. But these things that are taking place must take place that the scriptures would be fulfilled. I'm going to tell you, and I, I teach on it often, and I will, Lord willing, again in the future. But folks, I can give you sign after sign after sign after sign that the Bible said in the days that we're living in right now, these are the conditions that the world would be in from a uh, physical perspective, from a moral perspective, from a spiritual perspective, from a social perspective, um, from a practical perspective. The Bible reads like tomorrow's newspaper. And there are so many signs that the Bible says these are the conditions in the days just before the return of Christ that we are living in right now. I've made this comment before. I'm going to make it again. We are living in a time that past generations have dreamed about living in. We are watching prophecy unfold uh, at, at an astounding rate. And Jesus could literally come back at any time. Nobody knows the day or the hour or the week or the year. But Jesus said, when you see a storm cloud on the horizon, you know that rain's coming. And when you feel hot wind blow, you know that summer's coming. He said, why is it that you can discern the sky and the earth, but you don't discern the times? We're living in these last days. And here in Psalms chapter 2, I love it. Jesus said that God said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. Folks, there's a time coming very soon where Jesus will reign here on earth. And Jesus will be control, in control of everything. And that time is coming. I'm going to take my next break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro, and I'm in Psalms chapter 2, teaching on just, to me, is an amazing section of Scripture, and it's an amazing chapter in Psalms, Psalms chapter 2. Last two weeks ago, we had uh, Psalms chapter 2, part 1. Today is part 2. I'm going to continue. I've just finished reading uh, verses uh, 7 and 8, where in verse 7, it says, I will declare the decree, says the Lord. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. So now Jesus is speaking. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Now, listen to what it says in verse 9, and I want to stop on verse 9 and teach for a minute. It says, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. You know, we have an image of Jesus as a baby in the manger. We have an image of Jesus as uh, dying on the cross. We have another image of him ascending to heaven, even another image of him sitting on the right hand of God. Wonderful images 
Not the ones, not not the one dying on the cross, but the other images. But I want to read a couple other verses to you that pertain to this, because the next time we see Jesus, he's not coming as a baby in the manger. He's not coming to die on the cross, and he's not coming in a white gown to to just. He's not coming as some kind of looking like somebody out of the '60s. Okay, he's coming to make war. He's coming to do battle. Listen to what it says in Psalms one chapter one ten. In Psalms chapter one ten, verses five through uh, five through six, it says, "The Lord is at your right hand; He shall execute kings in the day of His wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries." Wow, that's I bet many of you not haven't read that those two verses before, have you? says, he shall drink of the brook by the wayside, therefore he shall lift up the head. But listen, don't miss this. In verse 6, he shall judge among the nations, he shall fill the places with dead bodies, and he shall execute the heads of many countries. That doesn't sound like Jesus in the manger, does it? Now flip over, and I want to teach just for a few minutes, from Revelation chapter 19. Because next time we see Jesus come, it's going to be what, what I'm going to teach on right now in Revelation chapter 19. John's speaking here in Revelation chapter 19. And here's what John says in Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. John says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire on his head. I'm sorry, his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, that's a reference to John chapter 1, when the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The next time Jesus comes, he's coming to judge and make war, it says in verse 11. It says he'll be wearing a clothe, a, a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. It continues in verse 14. It says, And the armies, of, armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's the raptured saints. That's the church. That's you. If you're a follower of Christ, that's you and me. I don't ride a horse very well, but I will then. But we're not going to be fighting. We're just going to be coming with him. Because in verse 15, Here's what it says. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. You remember back over in Psalms chapter 2, it talks about why did the nations rage, and then it talks about how Jesus will rule them with a rod of iron. Well, here it is. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. That's a reference to Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2 is a reference to Revelation chapter 19. It says he himself, twice there it says he himself. In other words, it's not a baby in a manger, folks, not a guy dying on the cross. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Folks, people don't like hearing about the wrath of God. I've taught on it before, Lord willing, I'll teach on it again. Because the wrath of God 
is future. It's coming. Because of the rejection of Jesus Christ, because of the treatment of God's word, because of the treatment of God's people in Israel, the dividing up of the land, study your Bibles, and you will know that the day of the Lord will come, and it's a day of wrath, darkness, and gloominess. It's a day of destruction, and it's in the future. It says Jesus himself will, tre- will tread the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh na- a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Folks, I'm telling you, back o- go back over to Psalms chapter 2 now where we we're at. And in Psalms chapter 2, there in verse, I'm flipping back over there now. There in verse 9, when it says, You shall break them with a rod of iron, and you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's a direct reference to Revelation chapter 19. He continues, and he says, Now therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. In other words, God's saying, I'm trying to give you a warning here. You, you think you can come against me? You think you can come against my son, my church? And God's trying to give them one last warning here in verse 10. He says, now therefore, now therefore means knowing what you have just heard. God says, you might want to get some wisdom, kings of the earth. You might want to get some instruction, you judges of the earth. You you people who think that you're in control, I'm giving you you may want to get some wisdom and you may want to get some instruction before it's too late. And in verse eleven, scripture continues and it says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Folks, I mentioned at the beginning of the program, one of the things this ministry was founded on is to be able to get Uh, And if we strip away all the problems that we have in this nation, all the problems we have in the world, and I had a wise man one day said this to me. Somebody asked him, what do you think is going on in this country? He goes, well, I'll tell you what's happening in this country. It boils down to this. We've lost the fear of the Lord. And when you see that fear of the Lord phrase in the Bible, it means a reverential awe, but it also does mean a healthy fear. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Jeremiah says it several times. These things are coming upon you because you have lost the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, if our leaders in this country, if the leaders in this world, the rulers and the, and the leaders of countries really feared the Lord, they would not be doing what they do right now. But here in Psalms chapter 2, God's trying to give a warning. He says, now, therefore, be wise, O kings, in verse 10. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And then he, I love this. He says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. In other words, he's saying, listen, folks, if you think you're going to come against my son, Jesus Christ, and actually do battle and have a chance, my son's, his wrath's only got to be kindled a little bit. I'm telling you with one word, Jesus can destroy all the people who think they're in power of this world. And I love the way the psalm ends. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. 
I'm going to take my last break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and I'm Craig Nedro. This is one of my favorite, I don't know when it became, but this is one of my favorite Psalms in all the book of Psalms. What an amazing section of Scripture. God starts out, if I could just paraphrase this psalm again, God starts out in Psalms at the Psalms chapter 2, and he says, hey, all you people that think you're in control of this world, that are taking this world down such a dark road, and if I believe that God would say to them, you're, you're demonic, you're demon-filled, you've been deceived, you think you can come against me, against my son, you, you want to make a mockery of my word. You want to call what I say is is good, evil, and you want to and you want to call what I say evil is good. It says in Isaiah five and twenty, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. And I will challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, it's exactly where we're at right now. We now live in a time where evil is called good. We celebrate what God calls an abomination, what God calls right. We now call wrong. What God calls truth, we now call hate speech. Who do we think we are? Who do the leaders of this world think they are? They've been deceived by the devil. They're under control with demonic forces. And yet God sits on his throne and everything's under his control. And he's watching and he's patient. You might think, why didn't God end this right now? Because the Bible says God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God would say, before it's too late, some of you people, please come to your right minds and stop what you're doing. That's why he says in Psalms chapter, chapter 2, verse 10, Therefore, be wise, O kings, get some wisdom. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. In other words, he's saying, Please, I'm giving you an opportunity to come to your right mind. But here in the opening of Psalms chapter 2, God says, "What? this is a futile war that you are thinking you're going to wage against me and against my son and against my, my people. Let me ask you a simple question. The nation of Israel is about the size of New Jersey. And why does the world hate Israel so bad? Why does the whole world turn against the nation of Israel? It's because they're God's chosen people. He didn't choose them because they were great or the biggest number. He chose them because they were the least. God says in several places, you come against Israel, you come against me. And the reason that the whole world is turning and there's such a hatred for Israel and the Jewish people is because it's demonic and it's evil versus good. I'm telling you, I've said this before, I say it again. If we can stand back, put on spiritual glasses, put on what I call, look at the world today from a kingdom perspective. This is a fascinating time to be alive, to watch what's transpiring in the world right now. Because you know what? God is on his throne. And what these people call climate change, no, it's prophecy. What people call... um, social morals and values that are um, 
evolving, God calls depravity. What going on with our spiritual leaders and our political leaders and our business leaders in this world, God calls corruption. But if I put my faith and my trust in Jesus, I can lay my head on the pillow at the end of the day and know that I'm going to be okay. I don't know the day or the hour. I don't have to. He does. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to live my life, how I'm going to end my life, because my name's written in his book of life. I don't have to be perfect because I can't be perfect because he was. I want to live my life the best I can, but I know this. My best day, when I live my best day, I fall short of the glory of God. I can't be perfect, but I don't have to be because Jesus was. As we read Psalm chapter 2, folks, understand this. Things are going to continue to get worse. I have people saying, no, I think our greatest days are ahead of us. Well, they are, but not till Jesus comes back for us. I don't see any signs that says this world's going to get better and better and better before the return of Jesus. My Bible doesn't say it is. The good news is we know how this ends. If you've never trusted in Jesus, please, I don't have any, I don't have any ulterior motive. I'm not asking for anything from you, but I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, humble yourself. Get with somebody else that you know and that you trust and talk to them about this. Jesus loves you. He died for you. But the day is coming when Jesus will return and every true believer will be removed from this planet. And the next seven-year period after that will be a time like no time in the history of the world. The Bible says if that time is not shortened, nothing would survive. It's called the tribulation. It's a seven-year period, and it is coming. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for listening. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.